0: for this family that you have given. Thank you uh, for the ways that you use us, not only for one another, but for this community and for the world as a whole, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that um, that you just include us in your plans. And right now, Lord, we just turn ourselves over to you, we turn ourselves over to your word, Lord. We just ask that we would um, just hear from you. I pray that you would speak into our hearts, Lord, just the application of the word, Lord. We, we not only want to know the truth of it, Lord, but we want to know how it applies to our lives and how we live that out. Lord, we want to be doers of your word, We don't want to become fat just on listening, Lord, and become spiritually overweight and lazy, Lord. We want to become those um, who are healthy spiritually, Lord. So we just pray that you would just reveal those things to us and just empower us to walk those out. In Jesus' name, amen. So this morning we're going to be talking about the futility of restraining and rushing. Restraining and rushing is something that all of us get into. We all find ourselves wanting to do things that we know we shouldn't, okay? And we, so we find ourselves restraining ourselves. And that's not a bad thing. But if we find ourselves relying wholly on just restraining ourselves from the things that we know we shouldn't do, guess what? it will only last so long. And just as an example of that, I know that everybody in here loves country music. So this morning, we're going to listen to just 45 seconds of an old country song, okay? The band was Confederate Railroad, uh, and the song was Time Off for Bad Behavior. Um, And it really expresses What our flesh goes through after we've just restrained, restrained, and restrained, and and that's all we got is that restraining. So, uh, Cole, if you would just play a few seconds of that. I'm up and gone every day at dawn, just working like a regular dog. To keep the woman in the water and the lights and the phone turned on. I've been saying yes, sir, all day at work I've been saying yes, ma'am, at home Saving up my cuss words and keeping them under my tongue I need a little time, off bad behavior The devil in me done been asleep too long I need a little time, off bad behavior It looks like I've been too good for too long Now whether whether you like country music or not, you can relate to this. We try to do the right thing, okay? Whether it's work or school, we try to do the right thing. When we're at home, we try to do the right thing. We restrain ourselves, but after a while, the statement of the devil and me has been held back too long. We just want to let it out, Uh, David is getting ready to go to Mardi Gras. And that is what Mardi Gras is all about. Let's go down, let's let our flesh hang out just crazy, and then we'll go back and we'll try to be good for a while. Here's the good news. You do not have to live like that. And as a matter of fact, you cannot live like that. Because eventually you will get tired of trying. The gospel is this. The gospel is that because Jesus died for our sins and because He rose again, we are able to rise again to new life. That new life is not just the physical life that we will experience after our bodies pass away and after Jesus comes back and calls us from the grave. That new life is a spiritual life that we are able to live now. This isn't our main scripture, um, but I want to share with you what Galatians 5.16 says. It says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The Spirit is able to guide our lives. And that's what I want to share with you this morning. Now again, restraining ourselves is not bad. Uh, Exercising discipline is not bad. We need that. That can save us sometimes in the moment when things come after us. But if we are holding on to that, it will not work. And the text we're going to look at this morning really talks about this. It's Psalm 39. And in this psalm, David, uh, who was... Giving his heart to the Lord and wanting to follow the Lord because he knew what was right and he loved the Lord really talks about this experience of trying to restrain himself and what came out of it. And I want you to listen to this because it's this is something that you can relate to that you can um, understand. And if you don't grasp this, what happens is you become um, a dead religious person. You become what what we refer to as, as as the hypocrite where you're saying one thing and you're living out an- another. And some of us are really good actors. I'm not. I'm just not a good actor. I just, I, it comes out of me what's going on in me. Um, but here's what David says uh, in expressing some of that in Psalm 39. He says, I said to myself, I will watch what I do and not sin in what I say. Great statement. Uh, It's one that I've made many times. I've shared with you, I grew up in the Mormon church, and they're all about being good people. And uh, I remember when I was a young kid, I had this ring that I wore from the Mormon church. It said CTR, which meant choose the right. And I was committed, and I wore that ring. I'm going to choose the right. And it only lasted for so long because I just found these feelings just kept ramping up and ramping up. And I wanted to choose the right, but I kept choosing the wrong. And finally I'm like, well, I always choose the wrong. What's the use in even trying anymore? Well, thank the Lord for that. Because it was through that experience that I found Jesus. Not just the idea of Jesus, I found Jesus and I found His Holy Spirit. Because if not for that experience, I would have kept down that road if I could have been a good person. And for some of you, if you think you're a good person, you're never going to really come to Jesus you're just going to you know, exercise the belief of Jesus and thinking it makes you a better person, but you're not really going to come to Him and you're not going to rely on the Holy Spirit. If you're one who has found that you can't do it, that's where you're in a good place. That's where you can finally come to the place where you say, okay, Lord, if you don't take this life over, I'm toast. So, David says this, he makes this determination, this is what I'm going to do. And then he says, I'm going to hold my tongue when the ungodly are around me. But as I stood there in silence, not even speaking of good things, the turmoil within me grew worse. The more I thought about it, the hotter I got igniting a fire of words. And what do you think those fire of words are? (laughs) Probably not some good ones, right? A couple things I want to bring out here. Um, Discipline, again, is good. Restraint is good. There are times when things come at us and in the moment, we need to restrain ourselves. I think about recently... And I know maybe some of you won't relate to this, but this is me. One of my kids was sharing how he asked an adult what they did wrong. And the adult responded by, It doesn't matter. You were told you did wrong. Now quit your whining. <laughs> now, when I heard those words, in my mind's eye, even though I didn't show anything, I reached out and grabbed that adult by the throat. I picked them up, I slammed them on the ground, and they died right there. That's, that's, in my mind's eye, that's what happened. Now, thank the Lord, I restrained myself in that moment, because I was in the same room as that adult, okay? But where do you go from there? Because if, like David, you focus on it, Don't hurt this person. Don't hurt this person. Don't do a bad thing. Don't do a bad thing. What are you going to (laughs) do? Eventually, you're going to do the bad thing. Okay. So focusing on things that we don't want to do and saying, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it, that is not going to win the battle. So what wins the battle? Well, what I had to do is go to the Lord and say, Lord, here's what I'm feeling. And just begin to to worship Him and so on and focus on Him. And as I begin to do that, He begins to remind me of my sins. And He begins to remind me of the ways that I have hurt others without good reason and that kind of a thing. And then I remember that He died for me, even in that place. And He continues to love me in that place. And the way that He changes my heart is that He continues to love me in that place. And so just as I'm worshiping Him, what happens is is that the Spirit begins to come in. And there's this change that starts to take place. And I'm able just to release things over to God. Do you see what I'm saying? When we encounter battles in life, we must go to a place of worship. And for those of you who can kind of, you know, restrain yourself really good, you're going to have a harder time with this because you're that person that kind of gets along okay in life without God. You kind of restrain yourself, and you know, you're you're just you're you're not doing things to the point that. Um, you know, you're going to jail or something, and so you're just kind of you're walking it out. Again, I'm not that person. I I I cannot be that person. I mean, I've shared with you before, if I don't have the Lord, if I'm not just throwing myself to him, I, I'm I'm in jail or the grave. One of the two. That's where I'm at. Because I I am so desperate for him. But at the same time, this is such a grace for me because it continues to drive me closer and closer to the Lord. Uh, We were talking this morning about prayer in Sunday school, and I mentioned that the Scripture says unceasing prayer. And I'm finding more and more of that coming out of me because that is the place that I have to walk in life. I have to walk in unceasing prayer. And what I mean by that is, I mean... In the morning, okay, I have to have a lengthy, uninterrupted time. If I'm like just trying to read real fast and get some things done and get out the door, uh, I'm gonna be a mess. I'm gonna be mad. I, I'm gonna be a wreck. I've gotta have this lengthy, unending, this not unending, but this lengthy, unrushed time with the Lord. And then as I go through my day, I've got to stay in this place of, of worship and focusing on Him. Because if I don't, the events of life that come at me, they start to take me over. And just like David talked about, these words start to rise up like a fire and things just want to come out. So here's what I want to say to you if you feel like that, that's normal. That's normal. And and actually God created you that way because you're created that way to drive you to him because he wants you to be in unceasing prayer, which he means unceasing worship throughout the day. You're always in connection with him. That doesn't mean that you're walking along, you know, rattling off your wants as you go about the day and, you know, as people, you know, run into you, you're sitting there murmuring. That's not what unceasing prayer means. Unceasing prayer means is that you're constantly in communication. Even as I interact with other people, I'm asking the Lord, you know, anything that you want me to say here, Lord. Lord, what's going on here? I'm just in this constant communication. That's where we've got to go. All right, now next in the scripture, right after that, David says this in verse 4. Lord, remind me how brief my time on earth will be. Remind me that my days are numbered, how fleeting my life is. You have made my life no longer than the width of my hand. My entire lifetime is just a moment to you. At best, each of us is but a breath. Part of the reason that David is asking him to remind him of this, is this. This battle that you're in is not an ending. It will come to an end. And it's actually very short. So uh, what what David's saying here is, Lord, remind me that this isn't going to go on forever. Because sometimes I feel like that. Sometimes it's like, Lord, I don't want a battle for all my life. Lord, I want to I enter a peace, a place of rest. And so the Lord would say to us, yes, that's coming. And so one of the things that we can do in our worship and so on is just ask the Lord to remind us of that. That your days are not going to be unending. You're not always going to be in the battle. The time is going to come when you are at peace with the Lord. Because the thing is, is that even though you may go through life forgiving people and so on, uh, and you know, letting things go, not hanging on to things, you know, being angry and so on, that doesn't mean that others are going to change. They may continue to do the harmful things their entire life. But part of our hope is is that we're all going to stand before the Lord. It's not going to go on for eternity. And our hope is that everyone would come to the Lord. But ultimately, God is a just God and God is going to deal with things. And so we can hold on to that knowing that we don't have to always deal with everything. Now, he's got some more to say. Verse 6. We are merely moving shadows and all are busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth not knowing who will spend it. And so, Lord, where do I put my hope? My only hope is in You. Now again, this might sound kind of depressing because he says, all our busy rushing ends in nothing. We heap up wealth not knowing who We'll spend it. I've mentioned this before, but I mean, this is branded in my heart and mind. I spent, you know, my, my growing up years, my first 18 years working alongside my grandfather. My grandfather worked hard farm, okay? And he had farm centers as well. And I worked on the farm and the farm center, and he was just always going, and I was right there beside him, and he became wealthy out of it. But, the day came when he passed away, and I watched all the land and the buildings that we just poured our lives into just being sold off, and the people who purchased them are doing things with them that are completely different than what we did with them, and then the money was just, of course, passed on to other family members, and I just looked at that, and I thought, man... That can't be the focus of my life. Now, is discipline good? Absolutely it is. But if we think that restraining ourselves and then disciplining and rushing around trying to get things done is going to make life grand, i got to tell you, it's not. You can become wealthy and then you're just going to give it away. All your busy rushing and trying to accomplish things, it says it's going to come to nothing. Now that may sound discouraging, but here's the point. What does David do with that? What he does is he says, okay, I'm going to put my hope in the Lord and not my discipline and hard work. Hard work is good, but here's the thing. For those of you who've lived any amount of time, you've experienced this. You've had something, you have worked harder than other people around you, and yet they were rewarded in greater ways than you were. All of us have experienced that. You've experienced it in school. You've experienced it in work. Maybe you were just... Busting your tail at work, giving the extra. And you are watching these other people, you know, slacking around, not even doing their job. You're covering for them because you feel bad and you want to make things, you know, go well. And you're hoping that, you know, people will see that and maybe you'll get a raise, maybe you'll get a promotion. And then what happens is the person that you were covering for actually goes above you because. Uh, maybe they were related maybe they had a friendship but I don't know whatever it is that's what happens in life and what do you do with that well you can say well forget it all or I'm gonna I'm not gonna play fair anymore <laughs> I'm gonna you know make things happen on my own or you can do the only thing that really brings hope and that is we take our eyes and our focus off of this And we say, you know what? I'm just going to trust in the Lord. Lord, if you want me to have something, I'm going to trust that you give it to me. But I'm going to focus on you. I'm not going to focus on the job. I'm not going to focus on acquiring things or money. I'm going to focus on you. And that's so crucial. Because if we don't do that, what happens is we end up losing hope. David goes on, a little more here, and he says, Rescue me from my rebellion. Do not let fools mock me. I'm silent before you. I won't say a word, for my punishment is from you. But he goes on and he says, Please stop striking me. I'm exhausted by the blows of your hand. When you discipline us for your sins, you consume like a moth, What is precious to us? Each of us is but a breath. Hear my prayer, O Lord. Listen to my cries for help. Don't ignore my tears, for I am your guest, a traveler passing through. As my ancestors were before me, leave me alone so I can smile again before I am gone and exist no more. One of the things that scripture says is that God disciplines those he loves. And if you don't understand that, you'll lose heart. Because what happens, again, is you look around your world and you will see people who are not trying to live fairly. You will see people who are openly um, cheating, whatever it is you want to call, and then you will see them being rewarded for it. And that's so hard to experience when, you know, it's one thing to hear about it on TV or something, but when you're living that, when, when you are, you know restraining, and others are not, and then you see them rewarded and you go, but Lord. And then as a matter of fact, the Lord may discipline you, but He's not disciplining them. And you're saying, Lord, what's going on here? Well, one of the things you've got to understand is that, again, Scripture says the Lord disciplines those He loves. And that means those who are pursuing after Him, He's going to discipline us. For those who are not pursuing after him, he's going to let them live. This is all they've got. This is it. And the discipline would be wasted at this point because they're not pursuing him. So I just want to invite you in this, um, because this is something I feel from the Lord, especially right now. I, I feel this hand of discipline on me, and I'm just reminded that restraining myself from doing things I shouldn't and pushing myself okay, to do the good things, it's not going to work. I've got to put my hope in the Lord and let Him live out of me. I've got to stop rushing around trying to accomplish things, trying to acquire things. And I've just got to let God have that. One of the advantages is is that when we realize our rushing comes to nothing, we can let it go and we can spend more time with the Lord. One of our biggest problems in spending time with the Lord is that we're rushing around to get things done. You know, some of you are retired and even if you're retired, you can come up. With all kinds of things on your list to do so that you're not spending an unrushed time with the Lord. It takes priority and it takes saying, okay, I am going to spend unrushed time with the Lord and whatever comes up after this is just going to have to wait. And for those of us who aren't retired, guess what? We still get to choose our jobs and arrange our time. You may say, no, I don't get to. Yes, yes, we do get to choose. And we get to arrange our time. And I just want to encourage you to remember that you can rush and work a few more hours. You can rush and work another job. But I want you to remember, it's going to come to nothing. But what's going to not going to come to nothing is when we make God the center of our hope. And we start really worshiping Him. And not just reading a quick devotional as we run out the door and say, God, please bless me as we're driving to work. But really, just honing in and just spending time with the Lord. That's what the Lord's after. He's hoping that we get frustrated enough with this life and uh, how it operates that we finally just give up and quit playing the game and we make Him the focus. Lord, thank you. Um, Thank you, Lord, that we do have hope. Thank you, Lord, that this life is not all there is. Thank you, Lord, that actually it's just a small breath compared to the eternity that you are planning for us. So, Lord, I pray for us, Lord, that we would not become focused on this life, but we would rather be focused on you and the life that is to come. Lord, help us not to just try to rely on our discipline, our discipline of restraint and our discipline of pushing ourselves, um, just hoping that all these rewards are going to come from it. Lord, help us to let those things go and just to focus on You and let our discipline come from that. Lord, let us work hard at things because we want to honor You, not receive worldly rewards for them. Lord, I pray that we would be changed in such a way that it would honor you and let that be the focus. But I do also pray, Lord, that others would see it and they would come to know you through it, that they would see something different. They would see something different than the dead religion that is all around us. But they would see lives that are actually changed, actually lived differently. I pray that for all of us, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.